Hey guys, it's JR here. Before you get into the interview, I do want to let you know that there is about a minute long period where an interesting occurrence happens where the interview is interrupted by um, some outside people. We left it in because it did kind of play into the interview, but if something seems like it's off, we left that in there on purpose. I just want to give a little bit of a heads up. Hello everyone and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zrak, and today we are joined by Tyler Sumter. Tyler, thanks for coming on, and how are you doing today, man? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm good. I'm sitting outside in this nice sunshine in Alabama, so I can't really complain. I'm good. Now, you have a lot of, you know, roles in sports, but the one that I know you best by from watching you play um, is football, being a punter for WVU. Um, when did you first start playing the sport of football? Uh, I played my first season was in eighth grade. Uh, I'll be honest. I really had it. I would play maybe like with my cousins or something like a Thanksgiving, you know, thing, but I never really played with my buddies or even really kicked. I might've kicked the football once or twice just for fun, but you know, eighth grade is kind of when I started playing. Um, I was homeschooled before that up till eighth grade. So I just played soccer. That's probably where I developed my leg and everything. So, um, yeah. Was there any specific reason that you got into it in eighth grade? Was there like a group of friends or like did your parents say, hey, why don't you try football or anything like that? Um, so this is my, you know, everyone kind of has their own opinions on that. It's kind of so because, you know, everybody wants to be credited with, I got him into football. That's kind of how people are. It's kind of a weird thing, but. Um, obviously, like, you know, playing soccer, a lot of people could see, I always, the thing with soccer was I always had the biggest leg on the team. I was always the kid that could kick it the furthest. I could shoot real well. You know, I, I was, you know, had, my nickname was Big T just because of my leg, like literally. So, um, we're sitting at dinner one night and, um, church friends and my parents, uh, Chris Freed and his wife, Maria. They were sitting here and my mom's, you know, like, hey, we're going to public school this year because we were kind of like the athletic family in the city that like didn't go to the school. It was like the weirdest thing ever. Like we're the best soccer players. I could have kicked and we just didn't play sports. Like I just played soccer. Like it was just weird to everybody, I guess. So it's kind of a small community. So me coming to the public school with like some of the kids on the football team were on my soccer team and knew who I was. So everyone kind of honestly knew who I was already. Um so she tells them that and they're like oh well have you ever thought about playing football now that you're going to public school and I was like nah and I really don't want to <laughs> like it was just not something I thought about I love soccer so much I was really good at it at a young age so um basically he taught me into coming out to this special teams practice um this isn't this is like going into eighth grade it's hot ass Alabama weather I, I don't know any of these kids so I'm kind of nervous you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, public school, eighth grade bullies. It's just, just like a weird time. You know what I'm saying? It's like circa 2011, 2012, you know. No, maybe 2011, 10, 2010. I don't know. Weird time, right? But um, I kicked the piss out of the ball that day. And uh, we went inside after and did some workout push-up stuff. I hated it. I was like, why would I want to play this sport? But um, I kind of liked the challenge that it brought. And it was new. And so I was like, well, I already kind of know that, you know, soccer, I can be good at soccer and this and that. But uh, I don't know. It was kind of interesting. So I was stuck with it. And 
uh, now we're here. So, yeah, but eighth grade is the first time I played. So what was it like practicing as a special teams player? Mm. So I say as a special teams player, it was it was it was really different and eye opening for me because in high school I played uh, fullback, and then I played DN. I played O line for a little bit. Um, trying to think, um, I don't know. It was, it was not that different. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, it's my little brother. Do we need to move it? This is ours. Yeah, you mean to move it in the driveway? Okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we can move. I have no idea. Was this for what? Oh, yeah, the guy came out the other day and did something to it. Oh, it is. Um. Yes, yeah, right. I'll let him know. I don't have to. He'll probably have to call that guy again to come out here and. Yeah, no problem. Hold on one second. I don't know. Maybe he was. I'll see. But yeah, I'll let him know for sure. Sorry about that. Yes, sir. Have a good day. Um. I'm going to just put this on record, by the way. That dude is probably about 80 years old, and he – we have his, our car parked in front of his crib, and the backyard, so the tank's effed up. The dude drives over to here, talks super peacefully, super nice, no problem. People that are 50 years old and in charge of a lot of big things in our country don't act like that. So that's the issue with our country right now. We need more people like him. <laughs> um, sorry about that. That was the most random thing to ever happen to me in an interview, probably. <laughs> no, you're all good, man. You're all good. Hey, run into my yard. Could you fix that? <laughs> like, what? All right, sorry. Where were we at? Um, I think you just finished up a- answering the one question about uh, practice and stuff. Oh, yeah, it was just more specialized. It wasn't as physically grueling, obviously, but, like, neither is a quarterback. So they do the same thing we do. They, they kind of run from drill to drill, kind of. They throw a ball, we kick a ball. It's, I and mean, if I'm being real with you, kicking a ball is a lot harder than throwing a ball. I'm going to just keep it real with you. The ball starts in your hand, and you just throw it somewhere. The ball doesn't start on your foot. You have to put it on your foot a certain way, hold it. It's, it's you know, I think the quarterback position is super is the hardest job in general because of, like, attention you got to keep everyone going and this and that but from a skill i think punting's probably the hardest but um you know practice the guys kind of like, oh you'll have it so easy and i'm like i mean yeah but practice is like the only time that's any different you know what i'm saying kicking is like doing an explosion drill like if you looked at their fatigue and our fatigue obviously they run a lot and they hit people and it's a little different but the workouts are the same our off season is the same you know i lift more than some of them anyway so i'm not really trying to hear all that if I'm keeping it real, but um, nah, it's, it was more specialized to a skill set. So we have like a pitcher's count, just like a kick count. Um, 
what we train is we train more like, you know, game-like situations, like a mindset, you know. I've kicked the ball millions of times. So, obviously, if I'm in a game, I can hit all of them good. It's about routine and just fo- and trying to find that, keeping that leg fresh during – so. We do everything basically during the week and practice to where on Saturday I'm at my best. Right. So not necessarily like a fixing this or learning this. that. And I'll say just like a defensive player would watch the offense, we watch what their punt return team does. And so I know when to get the ball off at certain times on the field and what situations they do this. So it's honestly just as in-depth as any other position. It's just not as physically growing. I mean, that's as simple as I can put it. Now, recruitment-wise, what was it like for you first whenever you came out of high school and went to Troy, and then what was recruitment like from Troy to WVU? Completely different. Um, Yeah, coming out of high school, I had one offer, and it was to Troy. I had a walk-on offer kind of like to uh, maybe Memphis. I don't know. It's probably not even a real PWO. Um, but that was my only offer for real. Troy, uh, there's some schools that wanted to offer me late, but I was like, y'all had, I've already taken visits and y'all are way too late. Like, um, schools waited till I committed to Troy to offer me. It was weird, but I had visited them like before Troy. It was weird. So I only had one offer, uh, took it, did, did what I wanted to do with it. And it was an amazing time at Troy. And um, I'm going to continue to go back there and visit and stuff. I'm talking to some people there right now. They got their head video job open up. So we'll see what happens with that and what my brand does with colleges and stuff. Um, but coming out of Troy in the portal, I had so many different schools hit me up. I mean, your Bama's were hitting me up and, and UCLA and Northwestern and there's just a lot of schools. Temple, you know, West Virginia, obviously. Auburn called me in the summer. I was basically going to – I had just gotten to West Virginia, actually, and my high school coach called me and said, hey, Auburn um, needs a punter if you're available. Like, I was literally going to go to Auburn and start, like, the next day. It was crazy. But I was already West Virginia. That's where I wanted to be. That's a funny story. I don't think I've ever told anyone, actually. I had just gotten out of my first workout at WV, and my coach was like, Auburn needs a punter, and they know you're really good. Like, do you want to come there, blah, blah, blah. And I was already at WV. I wouldn't have taken that anyway, but it was a pretty cool story. But it was crazy in the portal, though. I had a lot – I mean, uh, La Tech offered me their D1. They played Conference USA. I was committed there, actually, for a little bit, for like five days. And then um, I was kind of just waiting on West Virginia to decide if they give me a scholarship or not and whatever. Um, so. Yeah, so what was it like, you know, to gain to participate in the West Virginia Pro Day? What was that experience like? Oh, that one was a real dream come true. Uh, I grew up West Virginia fan, actually, so it's kind of surreal. At the same time, during it, though, I didn't really think about that. You know, I don't know. Before, when I first walked in, I took a Snapchat video, and I was like, yo, I'm doing Pro Day at my dream school. Is this real? And then, like, I posted it, and then I put my phone away for the rest of Pro Day. Um, but it was awesome, dude. I felt really – I felt locked in. Um, part of it felt a little nervous because I knew it was my last, um, I'd say like my last guaranteed football kind of in a way. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, kicking field goals inside and just seeing all my buddies there supporting me or whatever. It was really like a special experience. And it's something I've been looking forward to for a very long time. So I think once you 
look forward to something that that long. I really just focused on having fun. You know, I was in there blasting field goals and just singing some lyrics to rap songs that I like and my favorite songs at the time and, you know, talking to some of the scouts and just, you know, supporting my teammates I've been playing with, you know, for the last two years. Um, is a really cool experience, honestly. I'm sure that's one of your favorite memories, but if you had to pick an all-time favorite memory from college, whether it's at Troy or at West Virginia, what would you say is that all-time favorite memory? Golly, all-time favorite. I don't know, it's probably got to be senior day. I don't know, because that was, like, probably the biggest day where, you know, my whole family was West Virginia fans, so being able to – I don't know, either that or getting put on scholarship at, at West Virginia. I think getting put on scholarship at West Virginia is probably the number one thing. I don't know. Having my family at senior day was crazy. There's a picture of my little siblings, all three of them holding me. I'm, like, laying across them. Like, they're, like, picking me up. It's, like, kind of just represents how we all started as a homeschool family in Alabama, and now we're all at West Virginia watching our dream team as I play for them. It was, like, the craziest journey to see that probably. Definitely. So what is it like, you know, to have your own apparel line? I mean, it's pretty normal, actually. I don't even think it sells that much stuff, but um, it's all right, I guess. I mean, it's pretty cool to know that there's people that want to hit me up and want to buy stuff to support what I do or just think it's cool in general, you know, but I want it to be, that's what I want it to be, dude. Cause like I try to, you know, I talk to everybody and make everyone's the same to me. So you know, I've done like thousands of these interviews with different people and some of my buddies at the school or, or you know, some of the guys that are with V, so even some guys like Sports Illustrated, just different. It doesn't matter. It's all, you know, we're all people. People see that I'm a good guy and I'm cool and funny and do things and they're cool. I try to connect a lot of people, right, and do a lot of cool things. So if that's something they want to be a part of, then, you know what I'm saying, then that's awesome. Like, I want a lot of people to be a part of something like that. Um, and that's why I created Cyclist, too, is to build more of that community kind of um, to do some cool stuff. But the, I really wish the uh, – I need to find a way to sell more shirts, though. I haven't okay. put as much energy into that recently, though. i am be honest with you. Like, that was something I did kind of during the season, and it was kind of late, honestly. But, yeah. Now – you know, I've seen a lot of your film stuff. You do, like, music videos, highlight tapes. What got you into film? So, like I mentioned, I was homeschooled. Um, my dad got me into it. Um, and I wouldn't even say that, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely my dad. Um, he was, like, doing these movies and was on set and had these buddies that did it. And so when I was younger, I mean, literally me and my little brother were extras for a music video. Where we were, like, running down a sidewalk and then certain times I would hold the boomstick like there's a lot of things I went to a little film school when I was like eight seven or eight um with these people and they still make movies this is day like high level movies the Kurt Warner one they just came out with or whatever um they did a lot but that's when I got into it and then um when I was homeschooled I had all day to kind of go outside and shoot and we would direct full movies we did like Star Wars 3.2 and we did, like, stories that weren't told in the actual movie. I would do uh, – we'd take pictures in the costumes and make, like, real trailer pictures, like you would see, like, on, at a movie theater. 
I would edit lightsabers on there. I did stop animation with Legos and did sound effects and all kinds of stuff. It was crazy, actually. I was like eight years old, nine years old. Um, that's what originally, and I stopped doing it, honestly, when I was about 12 because of sports. And so I stopped making videos. 2019, I did it for about a few months in the summer. I did some vlogging stuff during the season, and then I stopped again. That was only for a few months. And then I'd stopped doing videos – so basically didn't do videos from when I was like 12 until like a year ago. I started at the beginning, right after the COVID season, I got a camera. I decided to get a camera like for Christmas or whatever. And um, I started making videos. I started filming in the indoor with like Bryce and uh, KP and Deggy and some of the guys on the team. And I just started doing them again. And I, I still remembered how to do everything basically. And I was like, and I, if not, I can learn this. So I just started doing it on my own time again. Cause that's what I love to do. So. Um, about a year and a half I've been doing them again but other than that I had not done them since I was about 11 or 12. So when you were like making films and all that stuff what, what would you say is your favorite type of film to work on was it like you know music videos highlight tapes anything like that? I say music videos and uh, highlight tapes if I'm being honest because those are things that are experiences you know what I'm saying like even right now I'm editing like two or three interviews and it's just like it's telling someone's story and I do, it's just more boring to edit because you're just like watching someone talk on a screen. Whereas like, so you're, something's already kind of created and you're just kind of like making it look better. Whereas I feel like music videos and highlight videos to me, you're creating something, you know, you're, that's why I create the sound effects and the crowd noise that you see in the videos. And then with the music videos, the concept of the song and how it makes you feel. What does that look like? I want to take you on a little journey. Um, so it's more creating versus like commercial. Eh. I'm not a big commercial shooter, even though there's more money in it. I wouldn't even say there's more money in it, but it's just more boring to me. Like weddings and stuff like that, I'll do that kind of stuff. But it's got to be for a specific reason because I don't really enjoy that stuff as much. It's like more work than it is fun. The highlight videos. And the music videos and stuff that I'm into as a person anyway. So it's like way more fun to create things within those fields. Now you've brought it up, I think two or three times. We talked about it before we even started the interview, your company, uh, Cycletes. Talk to me about that. You know, you know, you've talked about what it is, but talk to me about what you're trying to do with it and what your goals are and, just for everybody that doesn't know what it is yet and why they should know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I say my goal for it is really to change the culture and change the opportunities that uh, surface around sports and entertainment, news and media kind of, it's the big three or four in our country and the world, honestly. Um, the whole world comes down to pretty much the sports we play, um, the media, you know, the news articles and then like obviously like politics and stuff. But I'll be real with you. If you kind of, you know, I want to change sports. So if I can't change, you know, what I'm saying all four of those or five of those right now. Well, sports is a huge thing. So this is I want this to be the most impactful company in sports to ever exist. And by impactful, I mean, make real change to make the experience for everybody involved better. Um, right now, the players are at a very big discrepancy. You know what I'm saying? Their, their opportunities are great, but it's like the opportunities are really to go to the NFL, you know what I'm saying, and sign sign brand deals 
but there's a lot of if you have this, if you have this, if you have this, if they pick you, there's a lot of ifs with it, right? So this is going to be aimed to uh, break some of the, I guess, systems like within our country, like as far as, you know, if you live in a poverty area or you don't have the resources to go to a camp or you have all this talent, but you don't have a coach and a facility to work out in or like, you know, um, you know, recruiting, stuff like that. Parents don't have information. You know, there's players that aren't found. There's just a lot of issues and there needs to be a better system, right? Everything right now kind of revolves around money and who's the big star, you know. Um, so this is going to be something that's going to educate the kids on what the modern game really is and help them to kind of make a better decision for themselves and um, inform the parents, you know. Um, that's definitely the goal, I say. What we're doing is we're showing kids a different path beyond sports and helping them do that if they wish to, giving them education and information on the subjects that they're passionate about, that they're skilled about, um, and helping them, you know, build a better future for themselves, take care of their families. Um, so just stuff like that. It's, it's, and it's also at the, at the base of it, it's mental health. So I want this to be the biggest mental health brand that's ever existed. Like, and it will be that. I mean, it's literally in the name, Cycleads. It's psychology. Um, so it's got, a, it's got a lot of big things I wanted to accomplish, but um, there's a whole process to it, obviously. Um, it's something I'm really excited about. It's probably my favorite project I've ever worked on. And some I'm doing that. And then with Sump Did It and like the music videos and the editing, it's kind of, they just kind of go together. So it's just like those two things is really my main focus is right now with all that. Yeah, definitely. So like, well, what do you think has been the, your, the fit, your favorite part of owning that business of Cycletes? Um, so for now, it's not even really a business. I mean, it is, but it doesn't make a ton of money or do anything like that crazy. Um, we just kind of serve athletes really and educate them. And I mean, I'm in the works right now. Um, my favorite thing with Cycletes is that I have full creative control over it because obviously I created it. And so I know the vision for it and I know how cool it can be to these kids and help them. So I think as an athlete, right. And me doing the videos and, and being cool and talking to everybody, I feel like I really know what I'm doing with it, you know, and I've seen what issues there need to be, you know, in business, they always talk about like, who can you, you got to be able to help a, a need or whatever. Well, I see a lot of needs in sports, you know, it's really easy to see them and what they are. Um, so really what I'm doing is pretty simple and that takes a lot of work, but I do like that. I own it so I can do creatively what I wish for it, you know, theme it how I want. I'm probably going to use like space and aliens and spaceships and stuff like that. I'm a big star Wars fan. Um, that, and then also I get to basically whatever I want the company to become and, and whatever it wants to do, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm right now about to go all over the country over the summer and do what I'm doing a college football documentary in this new era of NIL and the transfer portal. And we're going to be telling real stories. We're going to be telling people what the transfer portal is really like, what NIL is, why players actually want to transfer, how that all works. Um, and we're going to show documentaries showing real people going through it and telling the stories. And it's probably going to be one of the best sports documentaries to ever exist. If I'm being honest. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I bet. Um, 
whether it's film or football or life in general or business, who are some of your role models? Is there anyone that inspires you or that you look up to? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm into a lot of different things. So there's a few people that inspire me. And when people inspire me, these are people that are basically doing things that I, I really agree with and that I would want to do the similar things with. I would say um, one for me is definitely Pat McAfee um, doing the whole, you know, he kicked and punted just like me. So as an athlete, you know, I really respect the doing more, you know what I'm saying? Like he was a baller for his team. He was kicking and scoring points, you know, and, and punting and, and playing field position. So he was a baller. Like that's something as a, as a specialist I did. I kicked and I punted. So that was something, somebody that, and he had swag doing it and, you know, he had his, did what he did. And I really respected that. And that has always inspired me, you know what I'm saying? Um, just to be different than just a stupid ass kicker or punter, you know, cause that's how we're looked at. We're getting, we look, we're getting looked at stupid ass kicker, stupid ass punter. We're called, we're just a kicker, you know, coaches call slap dicks. Like that's just literally, you know, there's no coach that can't say they haven't said that, you know, um, you know, I have heard it my whole life. So he really, I feel like put a little bit of a different stigma on that. You know, when he hit that dude in, in the NFL rocked his shit, like that shit was crazy. And then he also, after football that, like, you know what, I can perfectly and in a healthy way say goodbye football. And I can do what I'm passionate about, which is him doing the podcast and the content and the fan duel and being a personality and just being a good ass dude. And at the end of the day, he's just a good ass dude doing what he loves to do. And he grinds at that shit. And as a, as a guy that played the same position and went to the same school, I mean, that's, that's no better role model. You know, he was my role model before I even went to West Virginia. Um, you know, growing up watching, I played soccer. So when I'd watch West Virginia play and he was the kicker and punter, I was like, yo, that shit's lit. So it kind of sparked interest for football, but it didn't really become a reality, obviously, till the eighth grade stuff. But him, he's definitely a role model of mine. And then Cole Bennett, he's somebody I would love to work with. He's a um, music video director. He does some different stuff, too. Um, but he owns Lyrical Lemonade. It's like this big company that does a lot of different stuff. They got merch and do shows. They do a lot of cool stuff. But he's from Chicago, and he's really passionate about Chicago. So he does a lot of stuff there and cleanups and turkey like I, I respect the shit out of that like going back to your city and making like legit real change you know not putting something on twitter not i'm talking about going meeting real people giving out turkeys to people that are hungry like that's real shit so those are two people that are probably my biggest role models because pat's within the psych fleet content football world the, that's what i do and then cole is kind of like the community music videos director kind of does all the city stuff like that's another part of me. So I honestly, in a way, feel like I'm them combined because I do both. But, um, you know, it's pretty cool. Those are two people I've always looked up to and followed their success paths and seen how they operate and kind of formed my own little formula for how I need to operate to achieve my things. And it makes me really excited about the future, honestly. And not to be weird, but some, I mean, I've talked to Pat a few times on social media, just about just random stuff, nothing crazy, but. I do feel in a way that I was going to work with both of those people at some point in the near future. So. Nice. All right. We got one last question for you here. So what advice would you give to, you know, younger, the younger generation about maybe trying to become like a punter or just trying to become like a video creator or something like that in general? My best advice would be um, one, uh, you need to really determine who your friends are 
and and pick who you genuinely like believe wants the best for you and then um figure out what you like to do you know what i'm saying when i was a kid making videos was just fun to me going outside and playing was fun to me playing sports was fun to me so whatever things bring you joy and that you're naturally good at and you desire to be better at follow those passions you know what i'm saying um I, t I made a whole business out of this video stuff in like a year and a half. So imagine if you started when you were six, seven, eight years old. Imagine if when I was eight, right, I stopped making videos when I was 11. So imagine if I would have never stopped when I was 11. I would be probably the best director in the world right now. All the relationships I would have made and all the relationships I've made in a year and a half. I mean, some of those are from football. I mean, I fit my buddy uh, Presley Harvin, he punched for the Steelers, um, was – called me he's like yeah bro I just hang out walk the flock at the shoe store you know like that's just an everyday thing for me now it's like but imagine if I would have never stopped around 11 but my advice would be get your circle close and and find some kids that are into the same thing you're into and flock to them if you genuinely like to make videos you need to have friends that like to make videos too that's the best way to make it happen that's you know what I'm saying like if you've got buddies that like like, for example, my little brother, him and his buddies, like, they go to the gym, they get ripped, and they come home, and, and he does a little bit of, like, content, and they go fishing, and they do the thing. So make sure your friends align with your goals, and that you know what you're passionate about. Like, work really hard, and, like, try to be the best at it. You know what I'm saying? Have a comfortable – if someone thinks you need to be here, you need to think you need to be even higher than that. And then even if you don't achieve your own personal goal, you can still live with it because you're still above what everyone else is doing. So give yourself some slack here and there, work really hard and have crazy hard expectations. But at the end of the day, it's like they say, shoot for the stars you'll, or aim for the moon and you'll land among the stars. That's a job well done to me. So don't be too critical on yourself. Um, growth and failure are like a relationship you can't really escape. So work hard, know what you want to do, have a plan and then ask people above you that have done what you're doing only take advice from people that have credited advice. You can't be asking a plumber about videography. He doesn't do that. He does plumbing. So um, don't listen to the haters. The people that are going to hate on you throughout your journey are generally just people that don't believe in themselves and what they're doing. And it's just them spewing out how they feel about things. It's a pessimistic mindset. So if you're excited about something and someone's consistently not excited for you about it, don't take that issue to them. Like, Either separate yourself from them or don't do that with them. That's why it goes back to having the videographer friends. Those are going to be the people like, hey, let's go shoot. Let's go work on this, right? You know, the people like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, separate yourself from the people that don't align with your goals and you'll achieve everything you want. Do happy, you know, do good with your heart while you're doing it. Try to help other people, bring other people with you. Um, if you do those things, you cannot fail. You only fail when you quit. All right. Those are some great uh, words of advice. Like Ethan said, that was the last question we had for you. So once again, man, thank you for, you know, taking some time out of your day and, you know, letting us hear your story and everything. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. If y'all need uh, anything else, I'll be here. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a big summer, though, for real. We might have to do another one of these in a few weeks so I can update y'all. All right. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds um, great. The um, if y'all go on Instagram, you can put this in the article or however y'all post it. But 
the Cycletes. There's Instagram page and a Twitter page. Y'all can go on there. There's a link for y'all to sign up as a – I forgot what you sign up as. I think you're going to sign up as a as athlete. Um, honestly, is you can sign up as an athlete for now until we change the button. But the athlete profile is basically the one where you can post your work and charge for it and build your own profile. Instead of it, you know, to the computer, you're an athlete, which doesn't make a difference, but it's about the accessibility of your page. Um, people will just see you for, you know, Ethan or John or whatever, and then whatever you do. If you if you brand yourself on there as a videographer, if your Instagram social media kind of has a certain way, you know what I'm saying, portray yourself however you want. But um, you can put stats in there. You can put random info. You can put, you know what I'm saying, you could put, and say so y'all do interviews. Let's say you interviewed um, Lil Wayne and Drake one day. You could put like notable interviews. You could put Drake and Lil Wayne on there so people can see you're credible. You can build it kind of however you want. There's a lot of information you can put on it to really market yourself. Um, I would say if y'all can mention that in the article, the kids can go sign up on Cycletes. It's, it's something I'm really encouraging because we really just got the platform kind of finalized. Um. And we're doing – I didn't even really talk about everything it's going to be because I'm going to be real with you, bro. Some of these NIL companies be trying to, like, get ideas for me and, like, steal my ideas. It's actually really weird. Right, yeah. So I can't necessarily spill all the beans on what we're doing. We're just going to do it, get it patent, and then if people want to copy our system, they're going to have to pay us. This is, a platform, this is a platform for the people, bro. This was – the whole thing's created by athletes. Like – a 17-year-old kid in Canada that's a news writer that does all my write-ups. If y'all have seen any of my articles, it's the Jay-Z media. Um, he's in Canada. He knows, like, all the CFL players and a bunch of NFL players. But it's me, him, uh, this guy named Chris that's, like, a millionaire that owns the platform, basically. And he's basically, like, letting us use it. It's crazy, actually. He just really believes in cyclists and what it's going to be. Um, so... We have a lot of stuff. We, like, what we're doing, bro, I'm going to keep it with you, what we're doing with sports and recruiting and high school and content, and it, it's revolution. Like, nothing like this has ever been done before. You know, and with everything that's coming out new, I know people are like, oh, that's impossible. No. Well, listen, just wait till y'all see this. It's crazy. For sure. It's uh crazy. We're turning kids – we're going to be turning kids into businesses, like walking business. Like, you're going to – wear a shirt and they can scan it and they can pull up your link all of a sudden. And if they want to support your merch or follow you on YouTube or how, whatever way you're hanging out with them, you know what I'm saying? Like I went the other day, I was at the field and there's all these kids there that played the cross. And instead of me telling them who I am and wasting 30 minutes, which nothing wrong with talking to them. I'm saying like they could scan it while I'm talking to them. They could have like scanned my shirt, pulled up my link and like followed me on YouTube, followed me on IG, bought a cyclic shirt, signed up for a camp all in like five minutes. So it makes everything real accessible. But our platform's crazy because whoever's involved in it, like I said, y'all do y'all's thing. There's coaches, there's fans, there's other players, there's parents. All those people need different kinds of information about you. They're all involved in their life in a different way. So the accessibility on a page would be different. What they're able to do and buy and look at and pay for all will be different. So we've basically set this thing up where it's a one-stop shop for literally anybody and it's bigger than social media <laughs> and it's bigger than NIL too, because it basically turns the kids into their own businesses. Cause we're teaching them skills on videography and photography, 
and how to cut hair and be a barber and selling shoes and clothes. And if you're taking the more traditional route of college and you're going to be a doctor or something, here's the majors you should look into. These are the best schools that have the best coaches and football program built in. And the city has this good hospital that they predominantly hire people from the school so you can get an actual job. Here's the rates of percentages of students to go to the NFL. And here's that route. Um, you know, these are the brands that make do deals if you get your following up enough. And then, unfortunately, guys, we did have a little bit of a technical issue there, and the interview was cut short. Tyler got pretty much everything he was done saying with, but he did get cut short there in the last few sentences. We're gonna go straight to our outro. And with that being said, um, for Double FM Sports, I'm Ethan Fager, and I'm Jeremy Zarek, and we are signing off.